0: Romans 12:1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world and its devil's bondage. We are directed to separate ourselves from its ungodly influences at all levels, including ungodly entertainment. Instead of being conformed, the believer is commanded to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Neuroscience knows this transforming process as neuroplasticity, understanding that words literally transform the physical structure of the brain. Putting on the mind of Christ, whose name is the Word of God, is the transfusion of God's living words into your word-made and word-based brain. These glorious words of life change everything, even the physical dimensions of the human brain. Thousands of years before today's latest scientific discoveries, the inerrant word of the living God found in your majority-text Holy Bible stakes out the correct position. The miraculous, transforming process begins at the place Jesus Christ calls born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? Will today be the day when your literal transformation begins? Will today be the day all your sin and shame are thoroughly washed away and your bondage is broken? Make your move for Jesus now. Click on the Further with Jesus, for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now, for today's dose of transforming word therapy. God said, Genesis 6, 1-4, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. God said, Deuteronomy 3, verse 13, and the rest of Gilead, and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all of the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. God said Numbers 13.33, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight." God said, 1 Samuel seventeen four through ten, twenty through twenty four, and forty four through fifty one. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, and he had an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of brass and he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul?' Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man, that we may fight together. And David rose up early in the morning, and left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench, as the host was going forth to the fight, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, and ran into the army, and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, Behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, a Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, and were sore afraid. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose, and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted, and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slung it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth." So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistine saw their champion was dead, they fled. Man said, Giants, just another biblical fairy tale. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 846 that will clearly certify the inerrancy of God's Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio in defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth the Bible is the fountain source of all that is true and holy. The Bible has the answers to all of life's questions. The Bible offers unto fallen man the only way of escape from Satan's bondage, Jesus Christ, the ultimate solution. Since the beginning of time, the devil has paraded before the sons of Adam his champions, his academic giants, to defy holy writ, but they have failed miserably time after time they have all been slain with one smooth stone. Speaking of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 2, 6-8, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed. Giants, could they be true? Are the Bible's approximately 200 references to giants certified true by third-party experts? Do paleontology— archaeology historical records and societal accounts all say yes there can be no reasonable doubt god said man said has published several features addressing the subject of giants over the past decade or so the mysterious giants have risen again but this time under the title of the nephilim the word nephilim is found in the niv and other minority text translations but in the majority text Authorized King James Version, the word is correctly translated as giants. Several foundational paragraphs from the God-said, man-said feature giant to follow. Confessing Christians have been busy running from the word of God and dodging biblical truths, such as the 6,000-plus-year-old earth, fiery-breathing dragons, fiery-flying serpents, the reptilian sea monster Leviathan, the dinosaur behemoth, the walls of Jericho, the missing day, the virgin birth, the resurrection, Christ's ascension, His returning, and on and on. It's an insult to the Lord Jesus Christ. One brother, when discussing biblical faith and miracles with a particular pastor, found out that the pastor didn't believe in either. When discovering this obvious conundrum, he asked the pastor, Why aren't you laying brick? In other words, Why are you representing what you don't believe? Why not take another vocation, such as bricklay? Yes, there were giants in those days. When discussing giants of old and people of enormous height, many people today lump these two together, referring to such terms as gigantism or acromeglia, a rare disorder of the pituitary gland which causes abnormal size but the giants of the scriptures were not rare genetic flukes. There were entire populations of giants. The scriptures refer to giants nearly two hundred times. If the Word of God makes mentions of giants so many times, then there should be empirical proof that they did once exist, and of course there is. In Deuteronomy 3.13, Moses speaks concerning the dividing of part of conquered Canaan among the Israelites. It reads, and the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. It was the land of the giants. God reminds backslidden and rebellious Israel of their roots in Amos 2, verse 9, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? nine cubits was the length thereof, and four four cubits, the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. Perhaps the first museum was in Rabbath, of the children of Ammon, where Og's bed remained. If he used the eighteen-inch cubit, his bed would be thirteen and a half feet long and six feet wide, or, based on the twenty-two-inch cubit, sixteen and a half feet long and seven feet four inches wide. Give him a foot for head and toe clearance— and you have a giant of twelve and a half to fifteen and a half feet tall. It is reported that German scholar Gustav Dalman discovered the bed of the giant king just where God said it sat. When the spies that Moses sent across Jordan returned, they alarmed the people with a story of ferocious giants, Numbers thirteen thirty-three, And there we saw the giants— the sons of Anak, which uh, come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Og, the king of the giants, ruled over sixty cities. God delivered the race of the giants into the hand of the seed of Jacob. Flavius Josephus, one of the greatest historians of all time, writes the following in chapter 5 of the Antiquities of the Jews. For which reason they removed their camp to Hebron, and when they had taken it, they slew all the inhabitants. There were till then left the race of giants, who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men, that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. The bones of these men are still shown to this very day, unlike to any credible relations of other men." According to the research collected by Deloche, author of the book Giants, Pliny mentions that in the reign of Claudius, A.D. 41-54, to a nine-foot-nine-inch giant named Gabarus was brought to Rome from Arabia. Claudius placed him at the head of the famed Dutrix legions, the giant so awed his troops that some worshipped him as a god. And again, during his principate, Caesar Augustus, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14, assigned two giants who towered over ten feet tall to lead the Roman armies into battle. On account of this remarkable height, writes Plenty, the bodies of the two giants were preserved in the tomb in Salus gardens. Their names was Pusio and Secundula. End of quote. Finally, from Deloach, the following excerpt. In 1970, Some huge fossilized footprints that he found in Australia's outback so intrigued Dr. Rex Gilroy, director of the Mount York Natural History Museum on Mount Victoria, NSW, that he began excavations in that area. Over the years, he gathered enough evidence to convince himself that a race of giants once dwelled there. Near Bathurst, Dr. Gilroy turned up some stone implements, hand axes, clubs, pounders, ads knives, and other tools so huge that only giants with extra large hands and strength could have made any beneficial use of them. He also uncovered some giant molars and other fossilized footprints that measured up to 30 inches in length. The implications are, he wrote in an article detailing his archaeological finds, that men of 12 to 20 feet in height once roamed this continent. Marzulli, in his book On the Trail of the Nephilim, lists numerous newspaper reports concerning discovery of giants in the Western Hemisphere. A few of the many headlines and excerpts follow. New York Tribune, February 3, 1909, skeleton 15 feet high on earth in Mexico. News was received here Monday from Mexico that Ixtapalapa, a town 10 miles southeast of Mexico City, there had been discovered what was believed to be the skeleton of a prehistoric giant of extraordinary size. A person, while excavating for the foundation of a house on the estate of Agustin Juarez, found the skeleton of a human being that is estimated to have been about fifteen feet high, and who must have lived ages ago, judging from the ossified state of the bones. The discovery of the skeleton has revived the old Aztec legend that in a prehistoric age, a race of giants lived in the valley of Anahuac, a name given by the aboriginal Mexicans to that part of Mexican Plateau, nearly corresponding to the modern valley of Mexico City. Scientific American, August 14, 1880, page 106, Ancient American Giants. The Reverend Stephen Bowers notes in the Kansas City Review of Science the opening of an interesting mound in Brush Creek Township, Ohio. The mound was opened by the Historical Society of the Township under the immediate supervision of Dr. J.F. Everhart of Zanesville. It measured 64 by 35 feet at the summit, gradually sloping in every direction, and was eight feet in height. There was found in it a sort of clay coffin, including the skeleton of a woman measuring eight feet in length. Within this coffin was found also the skeleton of a child about three and a half feet in length and an image that crumbled when exposed to the atmosphere. In another grave was found the skeleton of a man and a woman, the former measuring nine and the later eight feet in length. In a third grave occurred two other skeletons, male and female, measuring respectively nine feet four inches and eight feet. Seven other skeletons were found in the mound, the smallest of which measured eight feet, while others reached the enormous length of ten feet. The Vancouver Sun, August 18, 1922. Mexico City, August 17. The Department of Agriculture yesterday received from an agent of Tiburon Island, Gulf of California, the skeleton of a primitive man more than ten feet tall. It was found a few days ago. Other bones of similar size have been encountered anaconda standard april 29 1890 the pony express says that one day last week carpenters on the Isdale irrigating ditch unearthed a skeleton of mammoth proportions by actual measurements it was 13 feet and two inches in length the circumference of the skull when measured was found to be 37 inches the feet were 21 inches in length this is the second discovery of this kind made near pony during the past year Ed Sparrow, while sinking a shaft on his mine near Richmond Flats last June, exhumed a skeleton of even larger proportions than the one in question. From the thigh down, it measured five feet and three inches and was 17 feet in height. It is supposed that these skeletons are descendants of the historical tribe of giants known as Polos. The curiosity is now on exhibition at Dr. Cooper's office. The Times Dispatch, February 11, 1907, page 8. This discovery recalls that six months ago, the skeleton of a giant was discovered in a cave near Bristol by workmen who were opening a stone quarry. The bones showed their former possessor to have been fully 10 feet in height. E.C. Huffaker, formerly of the Smithsonian Institution, expressed the opinion that this skeleton was that of a prehistoric giant. End of quotes. There were tribes of giants in the Bible, namely the descendants of Anak, the Anakims, a grouping of the Amorites, the Emims, the Zamzumims, and, of course, the famed Goliath, slain by one smooth stone. The accuracy of Scripture is continually challenged, but never bested, never. God's Word is the place to build a life that will last forever." End of quote. Yes, giants— even as the Word of God so accurately reports. The most famous of the giants is the nearly ten feet tall Goliath, the Gittite, a Philistine from Gath. In rabbinical literature, additional information concerning Goliath is recorded. The following excerpts are published and the jewishencyclopedia.com. Goliath was of ignoble birth. His mother is said to have been Orpha, who, after making a pretense of accompanying Ruth, her mother-in-law, and walking with her forty paces, had left her and had led a very profligate life, so that Goliath her son was of uncertain paternity. She bore besides Goliath three other giants. In defying Israel, Goliath boasted of having slain the two sons of Eli, captured the, the holy ark, brought it to the house of Dagon, where it stayed seven months, and having led the van of the Philistines in every war, scattering the enemy before him like dust. of quote. It is interesting to note that Goliath is said to have been one of four giants born to Orpha, a daughter-in-law to the Naomi of the Bible. Their story is recorded in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Ruth was sister-in-law to Orpha, and also daughter-in-law to Naomi. Both Orpha and Ruth were Moabites. According to rabbinical uh, literature, Orpha, daughter-in-law to Naomi, and sister-in-law to Ruth, was the mother of Goliath. Orpha's husband, Naomi's son, died. Orpha left her mother-in-law to return unto her own people. Orpha's sister-in-law, Ruth, was also married to a son of Naomi who died, but she decided to return with her mother-in-law to Israel, where she married Boaz. Ruth then gives birth to Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, making David Ruth's great-grandson. About that 1 Samuel seventeen one and two, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokoh, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko Nezika, and Ezekah and Ephesdam, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines in this passage, the armies of the Philistines were encamped between Shoko, being situated about fifteen miles from Bethlehem where David was born and raised, the armies of Israel pitched by the Valley of Elah. Keep these locations, Shoko, Azekah, and Elah in mind as you review the following astounding paragraphs published in the July 2, 2004 issue of the International Jerusalem Post. The gentle heights of tel Suko in the south and Tel-Azika in the north slope down like a mother's thighs into the Elah Valley. Filled today with blazing sunflowers, this valley is a womb. From here the legend of David and Goliath was born. From here the Palestinian refugees set out to the hills in the distance fifty-six years ago, and from here a renewal of modern Israeli settlement emerged. We saw ourselves living on the remains of King David. We are in the direct line of David's ancestors. My people were taken into exile by Nebuchadnezzar and only now have returned, says El Lavi, who was born in Zerkuya to Kurdish immigrants. We return to the land and to our ancestral home. I don't have to apologize for the fact that others stole my land for over 2,000 years, says Lavi, who grew up in a house uh, Palestinians built using Byzantine-era stones. The Palestinians call this era Makbarat Jalut, which means Goliath's Grave says Lavi, surveying his field of wheat. Well I found it. Goliath's grave. It's right over there. Lavi points to a patch of stunted wheat where an altar made of a circle of stones lies particularly hidden. Yes, the giants. Yes, to David and Goliath, God's word found in the Holy Bible is true. Trust him approximately three thousand years ago a young lad named david slew a nearly ten foot tall giant named goliath as you should expect the skeptics totally discredit this scriptural account now a pottery discovery in gath the hometown of the bible's goliath has raised some eyebrows the following paragraph is from biblical archaeology review of march april 2006 two names scratched onto a small shirt of pottery are all that appear in the oldest Philistine inscription ever found. Though the names are Philistine, the one on the right may be the equivalent of Goliath. The letters themselves are Semitic, thus demonstrating that the Philistines, a seafaring people from the Aegean, absorbed aspects of Semitic culture once they settled on the coast of modern Israel." In a September 2016 news release published by CBN News, you'll find the following. Archaeologists believe they have found the ancient city where David battled Goliath. They found the 3,000-year-old city in, Israel, in Israel's Elah Valley between the biblical cities of Soko and Azekah on the border between Philistia and Judah, according to Jewish News Service. The site, referenced in 1 Samuel 17, 1 and 2, is known by its modern name, Kerbet Kepha. It has undergone seven years of excavations, and now the public can study what archaeologists unearthed in a new Bible Lands Museum exhibition in the Valley of David and Goliath. It opened in Jerusalem earlier this month. Around 28 charred olive pits discovered during excavations underwent carbon-14 dating. That information showed the city existed in the time of Saul and David from the end of the 11th century B.C. to the early 10th century. Professor Yosef Garfingel, the Yigal Yadin Chair of Archaeology at the Institute of Archaeology at Hebrew University of Jerusalem, led the excavations, along with Sarah Gaynor from the Israel Antiquities Authority and Professor Michael Hazel of Southern Adventist University of Tennessee. Archaeologists discovered at the site the city's two gates, a western one which faced Philistia, and a southern one which faced Judah. The gates prompted excavators to connect the site with the biblical city of Shearim, which is a Hebrew for two gates. The story of David and Goliath mentions that city in 1 Samuel 17.52, which reads, And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shearim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. The city is also referenced in Joshua 15.36 and 1 Chronicles 4.31. Archaeologists also found evidence of Jewish activity at the site, which included thousands of sheep, goat, cow, and fish bones, and the absence of non-kosher pig bones, according to Bible Land's curator Yehuda Kaplan. In addition, excavators discovered casement walls that reflect the urban planning implemented only by people who lived in judah and transjordan end of quote all of satan's champions felled by one smooth stone jesus christ is the way the truth and the life he is the solid rock god said genesis 6 1 through 4 and it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. God said Deuteronomy 3, verse 13, And the rest of Gilead, and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants." God said, Numbers thirteen thirty three, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. God said, 1 Samuel 17, verse 4, then 44 through 51, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know, that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose, and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Man said, Giants, just another biblical fairy tale. Now you have the record.